What's up, divers? Welcome into the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on my main platform being Twitter at Deep Dive FF, Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, YouTube at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, even TikTok at Deep Dive FF. And as always, check out the website, deepdivefantasyfootball.com. With that being said, let's get into the content. What's up, divers? Welcome into another episode of Deep Dive Fantasy Football. We back in the groove, baby. This is the second consecutive week back on the podcast, so I'm, I'm loving it, I'm feeling it, and we talking some fantasy football. Week 11, takeaways, and it starts out with the rookie wide receivers. Oh, they looking nice. Kadarius Toney got 12 targets. It is upon us. Kadarius Toney, the wide receiver one for the New York Giants with the Odell Beckham Jr. potential. Kadarius Toney. He had almost double the amount of targets as the next receiver on the team with Darius Slayton having seven. Sterling Shepard didn't play, but guess what? Everyone else did. Saquon was back and healthy. Evan Ingram was healthy. Slayton was healthy. And Tony still got 12 targets. Massively out-targeting everybody else. And you could see, bro, when the ball is in his hands, he is an electric player. It was the reason that he was my favorite player in this draft class. Not favorite saying, you know, I thought he was the best wide receiver. He was ranked as my wide receiver four behind Devonta Smith. Jamar Chase, and I think Rashad Bateman, and then I think Jalen Watto was five. I don't remember who I had at three and five, but I know Kadarius was four for me, and yeah, he's just, he's a beast. He, he really is. You put the ball in his hands, and he jukes everyone out. That's why he was my favorite. It's just, he's an ankle snatcher. That's what I always refer to when I talk about Kadarius Tony. Then, we've got Rondell Moore. Rondell Moore had 11 targets. Ertz was next up on the team this week with nine targets, which, by the way, Ertz is looking really good. Definitely a solid tight end play every single week. But Rondale, we have to decide, is he going to be consistent? Is this going to be, you know, Rondale slowly grabbing that role as the wide receiver two behind DeAndre Hopkins? For me, I don't think he's going to be consistent. Not yet, in my opinion. I think we're going to have to wait till next year. I think it's going to take some time, but... He does look good. Now, he didn't have crazy yardage off the targets. They were very low A dot. The average depth of target was really close to the line of scrimmage, all that stuff. But the fact that he's getting the workload is good because we know he is another electric player. Not in the same way as Kadarius. Rondell is more speed and quickness. Kadarius is more suddenness, change of direction, and like unpredictability. So he just jukes people off their shoes. Rondale is more speed and angles basically and and I guess agility yeah so Rondale's a beast in his own way then we've got Jalen Waddle Jalen Waddle also had a great game nine targets he's pretty much a plug-and-play wide receiver two for fantasy he has been for about five or six weeks and he is the clear-cut go-to receiving threat and I say receiving threat because I'm including Gesicki I didn't want to just say wide receiver he is the clear-cut go-to receiving threat in the Miami offense and he's catching balls from somebody caught balls from in college in Tua and Waddle's just clearly somebody that Tua's always going to go to no matter the matchup so I love it I love Waddle he's I've been personally 
playing him every single week in multiple leagues for like half the season. So Waddle's locked in, good to go. Then we've got Elijah Moore, who also broke out. So we've got Kadarius Toney with 12 targets, rookie wide receiver. Rondell Moore, rookie wide receiver, with 11 targets. Jalen Waddle with 9. Elijah Moore with 11. And we've already had Devonta looking really good now. He's never going to get crazy targets, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And Jamar Chase looking phenomenal. Like, record-breaking phenomenal. So all of the wide receivers in this class, outside of Rashad Bateman, but he really hasn't broke out because of injury, all of the top wide receivers in this class and the first wide receivers taken are putting numbers on the stats, on the stats page. Like, it's ridiculous. So Elijah Moore, 11 targets. He had 30 fantasy points, 8 receptions off those 11 targets, 141 receiving yards, and a touchdown. He's looking great. A lot of people, he's one of the most common topics of conversation right now. Do we sell Elijah Moore? Do we think Elijah Moore is going to continue this rampage of the past few weeks? Absolutely not. But could he be a top 15 wide receiver the rest of the way? Possibly. Now, once Zach Wilson comes back and Corey Davis, because this was Corey Davis's first week back, so it's plausible that he was not, you know, 100%. Now, if he's 100%, is he going to be the guy who's getting double-digit targets? Is he going to be the one who's getting those red zone looks? Because Elijah Moore's been putting up a lot of touchdowns, and that's what's been helping him. It's, it seems like four or five straight weeks he's had a touchdown, and that's what's been helping him immensely in the fantasy column. So Elijah Moore, I don't think that you should be selling him. I think you should just hold him. Just don't expect craziness. Now, if someone's going to give you a top 12 running back or a top 10 wide receiver, then yeah, but you're probably not going to get that if we're being realistic. So Because he is a rookie, and people are going to be hesitant to totally buy in, especially if he's on the Jets. So just hold Elijah Moore. Now let's talk about Tyler Boyd and the Bengals with Jamar Chase. Tyler Boyd, he finally led the Bengals in targets, and then he got hurt. He still finished the game on top, but he did get hurt. I think it was like right after halftime that he got hurt, like mid-third quarter. T. Higgins... He's hard to trust in your lineups, and it sucks because I love T. Higgins. You guys know I love T. Higgins. I've also loved Tyler Boyd, and now I love Jamar Chase because he's a baller. I liked him coming out of college. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna lie. I was a little, a little salty when when the Bengals drafted him. I wanted them to take an old lineman to help out Joe Burrow, and I already liked the receivers they had there. But hey, Jamar Chase is looking like a absolute game breaker, so definitely a good pick there. Anyways, Tyler Boyd finally looked good. Then he gets hurt, and T. Higgins does not produce. And Jamar Chase didn't even have that many targets. Now, the Bengals aren't throwing the ball as much as they were last year, and that's part of the problem. That's part of the reason why Tyler Boyd hasn't been as good as I projected, and T. Higgins hasn't been as good as I projected this year because the Bengals are just absolutely committed to Joe Mixon, and he stayed healthy. And because he stayed healthy, they're able to run the ball 30 times a game, 25 times a game, instead of last year, like 20 and throwing 40 times a game, 45 times a game. So it's been a complete change in the offensive system, and it's been working out well for them. So I hope they keep doing it. But it makes T. Higgins very hard to play in your lineups because he's getting a few targets here and there, and he's not even the go-to touchdown guy. The go-to touchdown receiver in the offense is Jamar Chase, which... I still think, honestly, is kind of interesting because T. Higgins is bigger than him. He posts pretty well in the red zone, and he's kind of the receiver that you just throw the ball up to, kind of like a Mike Evans 
or like Brandon Marshall is just throw the ball up to T. Higgins. He should be able to come down with it. So I'm surprised that he doesn't get more looks in that category. But hey, that's just how it is right now. So you can't trust T. Higgins. Now let's talk about Adam Troutman. He's in year two. He's a tight end in year two, and he wasn't even a high, highly picked tight end. The fact that he has 27 targets in the last four weeks, that's average seven targets a game. That's pretty impressive. And Adam Troutman was one of my favorite sleepers this year. He was a good buy low for Dynasty. A lot of people were in on that. It's not like I'm, I'm trying to spit something, you know, like, hey, spitting facts over here. I'm the only one who saw this. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying Adam Troutman, he was a great buy low. I was on it. A lot of other people were on it. And he's looking pretty good, man. He really is. And a lot of people still are not fully caught up. So I'm telling you this. Before those people catch up, if you're listening, go get Adam Adam Troutman while you can because he could become a staple for the tight end position in fantasy by as early as next year, even the end of this year, depending on how it goes. Devonta Smith, let's talk about him because we're talking about all these stud rookie wide receivers, all their super high target counts, and we've got the poor Devonta Smith getting six, 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 seven, five targets every single week. Now, he's producing on some of those weeks, but this is the problem. Or maybe it's not a problem. You have to decide yourself. And I'm not going to even give you my opinion. I'm going to just give you both sides. I'm going to let you use your own opinion. So, actually, I'll probably give my opinion. Who am I kidding? But let's talk about Jalen Hurts. If you are not a believer in Jalen Hurts staying as the starter for the Eagles through at least all of next year, if you are not a believer of that, if you don't think he will be there, then buy low on Devonta Smith because Devonta Smith has the talent. Devonta Smith has the target share. Devonta Smith has the offensive role. So he, and that's what you're looking for, for a wide receiver. So you got to buy him. Now, if you are in on Hurts, if you do believe that Hurts will finish out the season, which I don't think most people are going to disagree with that at this point, if you think he's going to be their starting quarterback all of next season, right? If you think that's the case, because I think, I actually don't remember, I think they have two first-round picks. Maybe not. I'm not sure. But if you think that they are uh, going to have Hurts next year as starter, then you got to be a little bit, you know, a little bit weary with Devonta Smith. And it has nothing to do with his talent or the guy himself. It has to do with the fact that his ceiling is capped. He's not going to get the pass volume, the targets needed to ascend past all of these other rookie wide receivers and all the wide receivers in general. You're not going to catch Devonta Smith with multiple weeks in a season where he's getting 10 plus targets. He might have two or three, But do you know how many wide receivers have six, seven, eight games of 10 targets? A pretty hefty amount. And all your stud wide receivers in fantasy, they're getting that kind of workload. So Devonta Smith is not going to get that. And the reason I say this is, well, actually two reasons. One, because he's already got a humongous target share. His target share is already just upwards of 25% of the team's targets, which it doesn't get higher than that, really. DeAndre Hopkins had the highest mark that I've counted since I've been doing metrics. Him and Keenan Allen and Devontae Adams have had the three highest that I've counted, and they were between 30 and 32%. And those are the elite of the elite of the elite. And if you think about it, Devontae Adams had nobody around him. DeAndre Hopkins had Will Fuller, who was always hurt, and then nobody around him. And 
Keenan Allen, Mike Williams was like hurt half the time. And Keenan really didn't have anybody else around him. So it wasn't just the elite talent, but it was also, excuse me, it was also the lack of talent around him. Devonta Smith has Dallas Goddard, right? Say what you want about Jalen Rager. Maybe you think that matters. Maybe it doesn't. He's got Miles Sanders receiving running back, Kenneth Gainwell receiving running back. But the biggest problem is not the target share. It's the overall targets available. The Eagles have a running quarterback, a running, like a run-first mentality head coach now. He's been showing that finally, like he was in Indy. And with Miles Sanders healthy, Kenny Gainwell is going to be coming back. You've got Jordan Howard there. You've got Boston Scott there. You've got a decent amount of running backs. You've got good talent at the running back position. You've got a running quarterback, and your defense is playing pretty good. There's no reason to throw the ball more than 30 times in a game. And Jalen Hurts is being a lot more efficient now, too. So it's not going to get much better in terms of pass volume, if at all. So if you believe in Jalen Hurts, then you have to you know, lower your expectations for Devonta Smith. If you don't believe in Jalen Hurts, then maybe this is your chance to buy. You have to decide for yourself. Now let's talk about Antonio Gibson. I've been, I told you guys he was a good buy low for the fantasy playoff schedule. Now, I'm just trying to emphasize that most trade deadlines are gone, but if you bought him, I just want you to feel good about him, or if you held him, or if you just already had him, whatever the case may be. Antonio Gibson's probably looking really good because Actually, the rest of the way, because the next two weeks, he's playing Seattle and the Raiders. So the Seahawks and the Raiders, those are good matchups for running backs. The last two weeks, Antonio Gibson has 43 carries. He's had 20-plus carries both weeks. His ankle's looking good. I watched him burst my bucks. He was running through contact. He was breaking tackles. He was pushing piles. He was looking really good and better than he has in the beginning of the season. I think his ankle's getting better. That's a really good sign. Because if he's getting the workload with the matchups that are coming up, he's going to be very, very good. And I actually bought him in a couple leagues where I'm in win-now mode. If I didn't already have him, I was like, yo, what you want for Antonio Gibson? I'm going to flex him the rest of the way through the fantasy playoffs and see if I could take the chip home. So I did that and grabbed him in a couple places. All right. So we've talked about all these wide receivers. We've talked about one tight end. We've talked about one running back. What have we not talked about? Some quarterbacks. Surprise, surprise, Cam Newton, surprise, he's balling out for fantasy. Am I surprised? You know I'm not surprised. 26.2 points in his first start since last year. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. It's the running factor. He's got it, man. He's got it. He's got the legs. He's the Konami code quarterback. And he's got some weapons around him, and he's not too bad of a passer. So it's looking pretty good. Looking pretty good. Tyrod, on the other hand, He's a solid quarterback, too. In the three full games that he's played this year, he's averaged 18 points. In Superflex Leagues, that is very valuable. Very valuable. He's also got a very nice schedule. He plays the Jets, the Jaguars, the Seahawks, and the Colts coming up. That is muy fantástico. Muy fantástico. So if you got Tyrod, or if he's, like, for some reason on a waiver and you're struggling at quarterback, pick him up because it's going to be a very nice few games for him. Now, let's talk about the Henry situation. Derrick Henry's been out for a little while, right? He's not coming back for a little while. In my opinion, you can't really trust the Titans running backs. Now, if you need like a few points, then go ahead and go with Dontrell Hilliard. Go for it. Because Adrian Peterson was just released. But between him and Foreman 
and the other names they got in there getting a few touches here and there and none of those guys have the talent of Henry and the offense is struggling now because Henry's not there I'm not too interested in these running backs Michael Pittman after this week versus Tampa versus my Tampa Bay Buccaneers I think Pittman's probably going to do pretty good after this week versus Tampa he's probably going to be a good sell now you're probably saying well you just said the trade deadlines are gone yes but for Dynasty, I know a lot of people still keep them open throughout the whole season. If that's the case, and I do that in some of my leagues, some of my leagues I don't. I have different reasoning for for whatever league we're talking about. But Michael Pittman, and it's it's usually, if we're being honest, it's usually, for those of you that commission leagues, it's based off how you feel about the people in your league. Like, if you think people are solid, rock solid, they're staying in the league, and they, they're not going to collude with each other, and they're they're staying, they're not going to leave if they end up ruining their team with stupid trades, then yeah, you'll leave it open the whole time. But if you think they're either going to collude and the really bad team is going to give up all his good players to the best team in the league for almost nothing because they might be doing something on the side, then you're going to close it, obviously. And if you're worried about people leaving the league, you're going to close it, obviously. So just just throwing that out there. Anyways, Michael Pittman, I like to you know give some... Some commish, since I do commish, what is it, seven? I think seven or eight leagues. Ridiculous, I don't even know how I do this. But um, not that it's like hard, it's just annoying. (laughs) Like anybody can do it, it's just, it takes some time. Um, But anyways, Michael Pittman, he's going to be a good dynasty sell because he's been producing way more than he should. His expected points have been way above, or his actual points have been way above his expected points. He's been getting... The lucky touchdowns, he's been getting, not lucky, but he's been getting touchdowns off low targets. He's been getting really big plays that you can't rely on, and he hasn't been getting high target shares. I mean, he's had, in the last seven weeks, he's had only one game with eight or more targets. One game with eight or more targets. And think about the offensive structure. It's Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman. Like, dude, you got to be able to get double-digit targets every once in a while come on so I think he'll probably get like eight to ten targets versus Tampa he'll look really good he'll probably have a touchdown and then you could probably sell him because people are looking at Michael Pittman it's his second year he's a big body dude he's got some good athletic numbers and he's the only go-to guy really there in the passing game in Indy so people are probably looking at Michael Pittman as one of the next possibly elite wide receivers. You need to find those people, and you and you need to give Michael Pittman to them because I don't think that that's going to be the case. And once Indy, all it takes is for Indy to draft a receiver or sign a receiver in the offseason, and Michael Pittman skyrockets down. So what is it? Tur- uh, I can't even think of what it's called. But, you know, when something goes from the sky and it just, like, crashes and burns. That's going to be Michael Pittman. Um, so then let's talk about Chase Sermon, and then I'll get off this this whole uh, this whole recap, all right, from the past week. Trey Sermon, he's worth a speculative ad. He had 10 carries. Jeff Wilson had two fumbles. So it's possible that Trey Sermon is going to be the go-to guy while Elijah Mitchell's out. And even when Mitchell's healthy, maybe it'll be Mitchell and Sermon now, which is what I think it should have been the whole time. So he's worth a speculative ad for that 49ers offense. Now, before we get into something kind of interesting that I, I kind of just want to talk about, because it's a hot topic right now, and I, I feel like there's some 
some animosity. There's people on both sides, and I just want to give my opinion on it. But first, I want to give a joke that <clears throat> Price is Right gave on Twitter. Nobody really responded, which was kind of disheartening. He did, but his joke was really good, so I'm glad to throw it in here. So I was just asking somebody, you know, for like a good football dad joke. He said this. It's pretty funny. Good job, man. Jamison Crowder is a solid receiver, but I think I like Elijah more. But um, that's pretty good. I, was, I laughed out loud when I read that. All right, so let's talk about the Giants. This is what I was talking about before. So a lot of people are fire Gettleman, keep Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is not the problem, and figure it out from there. A lot of people want them to keep Saquon Barkley. A lot of people want them to keep Kenny Galladay. A lot of people want them to keep everybody and just get new coaching and a new GM and you know add around what they have. Some people want them to absolutely blow it up and get rid of Daniel Jones, get rid of Saquon, get rid of everybody. So I'm gonna say what I think I should what I think should happen. And it's actually funny because I actually did this on Madden and it worked out very well. Now, obviously, it's like you could do whatever you want on Madden, and it'll probably work out if you're good at video games. But it's just cool because you get to try things out and, and play, play around, right? So what I think is the, the Giants should do is, one, they need to fire David Gettleman. All right? he's He he made a nice pick with Kadarius Tony, yeah, but he probably took him way higher than he needed to. And Aziz might end up being a good pick. But you can't just base this draft to, you know, judge Gettleman. He's been here for a while, and most of his draft classes don't look too great. So you got to fire David Gettleman, one. Two, in my opinion, this team is not where it needs to be. And if a team is not where it needs to be to make a playoff run and possibly get to the Super Bowl, if you are not to that level yet, you need to be real with yourself. You need to evaluate your team, and you need to say, How long will it take if we do everything right? How long will it take for us to get there? First, establish that. I would say at least, at least two or three years, probably three minimum. And that's because of something we'll talk about in a second. But I would say at least three years before the Giants can like be a real contender. That's how far away they are, in my opinion. So now you have to say, okay, you think at least three years. Let's look at this roster exactly how it is three years from now. Where are we at? Saquon Barkley, three years from now, is probably not going to be very healthy. And is even if he's been healthy, if he doesn't get hurt from now for the next three years, he's probably not going to be the same Saquon Barkley because he'll be, what, 27 years old? And even if not, that's, you know, three years from now. So what, you're going to have a one-year window with Saquon? A two-year window with Saquon because then he'll be 29 so you got to be real with yourself and say, hey, one, we're wasting Saquon's prime. Now, when he's healthy, we're wasting Saquon's prime. I know he hasn't been healthy, so it's hard to say that. But we're wasting Saquon's prime. By the time we're good enough, Saquon will be at the end of his prime, if he's even in his prime at all. And right now, you know, after this season, during the offseason, he can, you know, if he's healthy, he doesn't get hurt, he looks good, he's posting his training videos, the hype is going back up for Saquon, then we might be able to get some good stuff, some good ammo for him, give him to a team that, man, if they if they got Saquon, they could win the Super Bowl. They'll give you some stuff for Saquon, trust me. So, you gotta be real with yourself, and I think trade Saquon Barkley away. Yeah, I don't see how you keep him. 
If you keep him while he's healthy, he's going to help you win games. But you're not going to be good enough. You're not going to be good enough to make it deep into the playoffs. If you can even make it to the playoffs, despite there being seven teams that get in now. And despite you being in one of the lesser divisions in the NFL. Okay, so if that's the case, and Barkley's winning you games, but you're still not good enough, then that means he's just hurting your draft position. So you've got to commit. The worst place to be is in the middle. You've got to commit. You've got to tank. And to do that, you've got to do it properly. You've got to fire Gettleman. You've got to trade Barkley. And you've got to trade Kenny Galladay. Get the cap. Get that contract off your, your roster. One. Get that contract off your roster. Two. He is not as good as Kadarius Tony. He's probably not much better than Sterling Shepard, if at all. And, you know, they're completely different, so it's hard to compare them. And Darius Slayton is fine. And Kenny Galladay is also somebody who's not healthy that much. And you paid him way super overpaid. You paid him way too much money. So you've got to offload Saquon. you probably get a first-round pick for him if you trade him at the right time to the right person. You can get rid of Galladay. You can at least get a late second, at least, if you give him to the right person at the right time. Everything is about timing. But you can do it any point in the offseason or the beginning of next year. All right? You want to stack picks. You're stacking picks for the new GM. Now, hopefully you hire a good GM. And, ooh, I heard something that I thought was pretty interesting. Um, it was actually not in regards to the Giants, but it was about Lewis Riddick and Doug Peterson both of them are connected with each other. Both of them want to come in. Lewis Riddick wants to be a GM. Doug Peterson wants to coach again. They're good buddies. And I actually like both of those people a lot. And I think they would be pretty successful. Now, what I heard was from John Middlecoff on his podcast. He was talking about them coming in for the Raiders. But if Gettleman goes bye-bye, they could come in for the Giants. So, And the Giants already have two first-round picks this year. So I think that would be a pretty nice situation. Stack picks for them right? And use those picks to build the most important fundamental things of a football team, the offensive line and the defensive line. The offensive line is absolute trash. The defensive line can still use work. You can build those up this year. Plus this year's quarterback class, not that great. So you know what you do with Daniel Jones, you hold him. So everyone that's saying, you know, keep everybody, I think they're wrong. Everyone that's saying blow it up, I think they're wrong too. I think you blow up certain pieces, Barkley, Galladay. You keep Daniel Jones. You use the picks from Barkley and Galladay to surround Daniel Jones with protection because Kadarius Toney, Evan Ingram, who is a free agent, they have to decide if they want to re-sign him or not. I would do a retrade. So I would re-sign him and trade him. I just say retrade. I don't know why. I think it sounds cool. So I would do a retrade for uh, Evan Ingram, but just to try and get something because he's He's not going to get a big contract. He's not been that great. And it'll be interesting what the Bucks do with O.J. Howard, by the way. Same draft class. Both expected to be super good tight ends. Both struggled. Both dropped balls all the time at the worst points even possible. Like, the most crucial points in games, they'll drop balls. Um, and not even drop them. They'll prop them up and they'll get intercepted. It's like almost they're like the same person. It's kind of annoying. But anyways, I say anyways a lot too. Evan Ingram. He's somebody you have to make a decision on. So you focus on the O-line, you focus on the D-line this next offseason, whether it be in the draft or it be in free agency or both. 
You want to build those up. Now you have one last year with a new coach to evaluate Daniel Jones. You take input from the new coach. You take input from the GM. And he's got a much better situation now. You might be saying, how is it a better situation, Brandon? He, you're taking away Barkley and you're taking away Galladay. Okay, well, first off, Barkley and Galladay take away themselves all the time because they get injured. And also, it doesn't matter how many weapons you have if you don't have time to get the ball to those weapons. I would much rather have a very good offensive line or a, a decent offensive line and subpar weapons than the other way around. It's not even close. Not even close. And ask Tom Brady, he'll tell you the same exact thing. Because Tom Brady in New England, what was it always? Great O-line, subpar weapons. He had Gronk, who was amazing, insane. But look at the wide receivers that have been there his whole career. Other than the Randy Moss era, and then he's had like one good receiver. And it was a, a slot receiver, whether it was... Oh my goodness, what is his name? I can't even remember. Oh, Wes Welker, there it is. Whether it was Wes Welker or Julian Edelman, you know, other than the Randy Moss years, but he's been there forever. So like, you're like, oh, you're throwing out all these names, all these exceptions. Well, he was there for a long time. So anyways, he always had a good offensive line. And even when his weapons were not good, he was very successful. The offense was very successful. I know it's Tom Brady, but I'm just saying, you can look at that anywhere. You get a good offensive line, you're going to do good. The Steelers were much better when their offensive line was good than they have been this season. They lost a bunch of offensive pieces from the offensive line this season, and he actually looked pretty good last game. But throughout this season, Big Ben has not been able to move the ball. That offense has been struggling, struggling. And Najee Harris is definitely better than James Conner as a running back. Not saying for fantasy or not for fantasy. I'm just talking about just as running backs. Najee Harris is clearly better than James Conner. James Conner was just as efficient, if not more efficient, when he was in his last year with the Steelers than Najee Harris. Why? Because of the offensive line. The offensive line is the most crucial thing on a football team outside of the quarterback position. So you need to build that up. Then you have that last year to evaluate Daniel Jones. And now, this is where my opinion comes in. I don't think Daniel Jones is it, which is why I say three years minimum. Now, if you think Daniel Jones is the truth... First off, I don't know what you're watching. Second off, if you do think that, then maybe you want to keep Saquon. But that means they really have to hit on their picks. They really have to hit on their picks because you got to be able to be a contender while Saquon is still in his prime. Otherwise, it's wasted. You wasted future capital you could have got for Saquon, and you wasted Saquon. So you got to be careful. I think Jones ain't, ain't it. And so guess what? You don't draft a quarterback this year evaluate Jones for 2022 you confirm to yourself that yeah Daniel Jones is not who we want to roll with and then you draft a quarterback in 2023 which has some very good quarterback prospects already popping in college and you've already got a offensive line around that quarterback because now you've had two years to build it up and you've had draft capital to do so and cap room to do so if you're cutting the right guys like for example or trading the right guys, like trading away Kenny Galladay. Maybe you're going to cut some guys that have a lot of money that don't need to be on the team. And there are a few of those guys on the uh, on the Giants. So you've got a better offensive line around this new quarterback that you draft in 2023. You've got a solid defense. You've got Kadarius Toney, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, a new coach, and a new GM. 
that's a very good situation for the first year of a rookie quarterback to walk into. And it's not like the only thing you're going to be touching in free agency and draft in the draft is D-line and O-line. You're probably going to be able to grab a wide receiver or a running back at some point to add another offensive piece for this quarterback. So it's going to be a very good situation. So that's what I think the Giants should do. Fire Gettleman, trade Barkley, trade Galladay, sign and trade Evan Ingram if possible. That's kind of a tough one. Um, so they're probably just not going to sign him, which is fine. Focus on offensive line and defensive line with your extra picks, your regular picks, your money, your cap space, all that stuff. Use that time to evaluate Daniel Jones with your new co- with your new coach in your new system with a better offensive line around him. And then if he's not it, draft a quarterback the next year. Add some solid pieces, whether it be wide receiver or running back, to Kadarius Tony and Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard if you keep all of those guys around, and you're good to go. So that's what I think the Giants should do. Anyways, thank you guys for tuning in to Fantasy Football. Feel free to always DM me and stuff. By the way, I work the night shift now, so when you guys are DMing me at like 9 in the morning, 10 in the morning, 1 o'clock, you're not going to get a response for a while. I usually wake up at like 3 p.m. Eastern um, because I work overnight and I work very long shifts. So if you text me at like 4 in the morning, you're probably going to get a response pretty quick. (laughs) Anyways, have a good one. Uh, And I will talk to you guys next time. Good luck this week. Hope you guys are in route to the playoffs or actively, intelligently, effectively tanking so that you have a very high pick in every single round next year. Have a good one. Drop a rating, drop a review, tell your friends about the pod. Peace.